0: On this week's Patriot Nation podcast, Spags is traveling to Tennessee to see the Patriots play their preseason game. And so I am joined by Dale and John from Eat Sleep Fantasy and we are doing a fantasy football preview show. We're going to start off with a little bit of strategy, and then we're going to do a mock draft, about 7 to 10 rounds of mock draft. It's a great conversation. You don't want to miss it. Listen, if you listen to one fantasy football podcast before you do your draft, have it be this one. Some great insight, a lot of players we talk about, and again, lots of strategy that goes in there as well. So we're going to get right into it afterwards, so buckle up and cue the music. Back receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands he has. Pass. Wilson,
1: quick throw, and it's going Intercended. the
0: Joining us today for our fantasy football special, we have John Chapman and Dale DeMont. They are from Eat Sleep Fantasy, so it is a fantasy football podcast, obviously, but it's also a fantasy football website. They do a ton of really cool fantasy football things all year long, not just at draft time, but especially this is kind of their big time at draft time. So Dale and John, welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having Yeah, glad
2: to be here. Um, Obviously, uh, this is what, my third year with you, Pat, uh, during this time? Is that right?
0: It is. It's the first time you've been on this show.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, What's up? But, All right, new show. But yeah,
0: but it's but it's your third time with me, and uh, and so yeah, so it's been it's been cool. We've been we've been hanging for a while, like best friends, pretty much. Pretty much, it's how it works, you know. Right. <laughs> we're uh, we're best internet friends. We've never met before, <laughs> but we've like you know we've seen each other and stuff, you know. So, um. So I'm gonna get I'm gonna kind of get right into it. There's a few things that I want to start. So we are gonna do a mock draft today, guys. Um, but we're, what we're also going to do is I just want to start with some basic strategies just at, at how you need to approach the draft. So for me personally, when I look at the draft and I'm, and I'm starting my review for the draft and my research for the draft, I always read Matthew Barry's Draft Day Manifesto. I just feel like for me, it just grounds me again into what I'm looking for. Um, and one of the one of the one of the simple quotes that he has And I think that, you know, it is really important. Um, And he he says it like six times, but it's it. He says at a fundamental level, fantasy football is entirely about minimizing risk and giving yourself the best odds to win on a weekly basis. What do you guys think about that? Like now I. I subscribe to that, but like, what do you guys think
1: about that specific quote? Yeah, I mean, 100 percent here, right? and this really goes if you're if you're playing fantasy football and you're looking at other sites for rankings and all that stuff, you're never going to get the exact call every single time. But what you can do, you can minimize risk. Exactly what he says. You look at your players. You say, okay, you know, for instance, Travis Kelsey for that week, he has the odds most of the time to be the top scoring tight end. But you're not going to be right 100% of the time. Travis Kelsey is not going to be number one for 16 weeks in a row or you know, 15 weeks out of the season or whatever it is. So yeah, definitely minimizing risk is the way to go, especially when you're looking at rankings week to week for sure.
2: Yeah, and, and I'll add on to that. No two drafts are going to be the same. So let's just say hypothetically you're drafting out of the seventh spot. Even if you did 100 drafts out of the seventh spot, there are certain guys you can't get – because of where you're at like you can't get Saquon or Christian McCaffrey if you're drafted out of seven spots so what you have to do is you have to look out of that little window and you're going to be dealing with guys like James Conner, Hopkins, Adams, Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott right so if you're looking at those four guys just in this one specific example I don't think anybody right now would disagree a guy like Zeke even though the upside is absolutely amazing. There is so much risk there. And so if we put the principle of minimizing risk into this equation, he's going to be a guy that's going to fall further than we would like because we don't know if he's going to play. I I personally think that he will. But we saw this happen last year. A lot of people went out and drafted Le'Veon Bell. Well, guess what? Never took one snap. And so you know, another thing that Matthew Barry kind of got famous for – He was very famous anyway, but he coined was you can lose your draft in the first few rounds, you can't win it. So make sure that you are going for that solid double. You know, uh, Tony Gwynn, he's in the Hall of Fame for a reason. Um, You can just singles and doubles will get you to where you need to be, especially early. So make sure you minimize early. Now, where I will disagree with his his statement about minimizing risk is later in the draft, whenever the you you know you're talking eighth, ninth, tenth round. It's time to swing for the fences there because even if you miss, that's okay. You can miss on a ninth-round pick and still win your league. Missing on a first- or second-round pick, that's a whole other story. So you want to shift your focus throughout the draft as it gets deeper and go for some of those more upside plays.
0: Right. No, I agree with that. And and I think to your point, John, I I believe he said on average about 30% of your points for your entire season – comes from your first and second round picks yep so you, certainly if you're going to be more risky at the end it's fine but those first two picks if you don't hit on those first two picks it's almost impossible those people that drafted bell in the first round i would say the the vast majority of them did not make the playoffs because you just can't make the playoffs with your best player not playing the entire season it just doesn't work that way and so i think that that's you know that's a big part the other thing too that, that he always talks about which i think is important that Anyone that talks about fantasy football talks about, but it's it's one thing that people just don't consider for some reason. They just seem to forget about it at times, is your league settings, right? If you play in different leagues, you're going to have different rules. You're going to have different type of rosters. So how deep is your bench? Is it a PPR league? Is it a non-PPR league? Is it a half-point PPR league? Do you get points for carries? How many points do you get for a passing touchdown? How many yards per you know how many passing yards per point, so so on and so forth. All these different things, and they that changes what your strategy should be and the types of players you should be going after. If it's a non PPR league, you should not be targeting Julian Edelman early because he's a receipt. He's a guy who's going to get a lot of targets and a lot of catches, but not a ton of touchdowns. So you know historically and typically for him, you're not looking at him in a non PPR league because there's not as much upside for him because there's not a lot of touchdown or yardage upside.
2: No, I, I'm with you completely, and w- one of the things that people don't understand is, a, very similar to what you said, you have to find whatever advantage you can, because in today's fantasy world, everybody is reading Matthew Barry, uh, ESPN, kind of watching the NFL Network. Everybody is operating under this exact same value. So once somebody says, oh, you should take so-and-so, that's one of the big top media personalities, everybody hears that. So you've got to be able to find a way to find your advantage. And the way that you do that is that you adjust the consensus ranks, which we're going to talk through some tiers and stuff in a second, in a way that will benefit to your league. Um, And so you you gave some of those examples, and we're going to go through a mock draft and kind of set that up a little bit. But make sure you head over to your league site because they're all so vastly different, Um, and you have to adjust your ranks accordingly.
0: So. Yeah. Agreed. So, um, Dale, maybe you can t- start, start us off on this one, touch us off on this one. Really? I just curious about strategies wise. Um, there are a lot of different strategies out there that you'll hear. So whether you go running back, running back in the first two rounds or running back, wide receiver, or wide receiver, wide receiver, or, you know, zero running back. We don't take a running back till later zero wide receiver, or even value-based drafting, which is a little bit more complex for people that haven't been playing fantasy football. But is there anything in particular now, Every draft is different, as John said earlier, like every draft is gonna be different, so you're gonna be looking at different guys on the board when it comes to you. But is there any strategy that you always try to do, or is there any strategy on that list that you're like, I'll never do that no matter what
1: um it, this is gonna be kind of a easy question for me I mean value based drafting is by far i mean before you get into your draft, depending you know how serious you are you know with it. You're gonna go value-based drafting nine times out of ten, just because even if you have you know okay if you have the first second third pick maybe the fourth pick you know your your pre-selected uh you know running backs that you're gonna get but beyond that you're base you know you're drafting solely on value. Um, nine times out of ten maybe even ten times out of ten for me so yeah that's that's my strategy going to it almost every time that one running back running back you know wide receiver wide receiver those strategies I don't like to stick to that because you don't know who's going to fall to you and if you have that predetermined strategy already before you even go into the draft and you know you're saying oh I'm going to go wide receiver wide receiver but you know maybe Christian McCaffrey's available at five for some weird reason um, you know, why not get the best player available that's going to help you win? Again, you know, going back to those, you know, first two rounds that are so important, um, you you really want to go for the value there for sure.
0: Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And value-based drafting just very, like, you know, super quickly for, you, for those of you that haven't heard what it is. Basically, it's just... It's just looking at the value of a specific player. So, really, you know, when, and I use the, you know, the Gronk situation from years back, what Gronk was just leaps and bounds ahead of every other tight end in the league. And so his value was higher because his average points per game were that much higher than everybody else in the league. And so, therefore, he was a better pick than, you know, even maybe a top flight wide receiver because those wide receivers, even though the points are higher, it's not it's not like a huge disparage uh, disparity between the top guy and the 10th guy. And so there's a little bit more value when you're drafting a guy like Gronk as opposed to when you're drafting the you know the fourth wide receiver, even though he's good. If he's going to end up scoring more points than Gronk overall, there's a bigger difference between him and the average person, which is why you go with a guy like Gronk in that situation. So that's that's. The idea of value based drafting—it's obviously a lot more complex than that, but that's
1: the basic idea behind it. Right. I mean, I suggest you know before going to your draft, if uh, if you're serious about the fantasy football, now you know going running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver. I think that's more of a kind of a plain Jane approach to coming into your fantasy draft. But if you really want to get into it and you really want to get serious and you want to win go you know find some podcasts find some websites that do rankings that do consensus rankings start looking at them and figure out okay you know if where is that 7th or 8th you know I have the 8th pick in the draft where are those guys falling and where you know where's the value at you know number 8 and then coming back around to whatever it is number 4 3 or 5 and you know kind of planning your draft out that way as opposed to saying i've heard you know running back running back is you know the way to go my friend won a league going running back running back last year and I'm going to do that too. And it's like, you don't know who's going to be available. And you know, if somebody like Joe Mixon is available, that's great. He's a good player. But if DeAndre Hopkins is there instead, you throw your strategy away and go with the best player. And especially in those first couple rounds.
0: Yeah. Right. And now one thing you touched upon, John, which I just want to touch upon just very quickly before we start the mock draft and then we'll get right into it is the tier system. Now on ESPN, if you're looking at ESPN and I think Yahoo as well, they don't have tiers set up. Uh, on their consensus rankings. And so I think it's it's something that you guys do that I know, you know, there's a decent amount of people out there that do it. But you guys are the only people that I, you know, follow and listen to that really do it and stick with it as much as you do. I think it's super helpful for someone that's drafting, especially when you don't know every little thing about every single player. Could you just go into a little bit more in depth as to what the tiers look like? Yeah, sure.
2: And if you head over to our website, eatsleepfantasy.com, we have these rankings available. Uh, They are up on there. Um, So just sign up for, you know, you can do the free membership and see our rankings or you can do our platinum membership for $20 and you get our entire draft kit, everything, whatever. But those options are there. But you can just go check out our rankings. And the idea is very simple it's very easy to look at somebody that is the fifth running back or the sixth running back. And it seems like they're super close. So for example, um, you know, I have James Connor. These are my own individual half point PPR rankings. I have James Connor number five and I have Le'Veon Bell as the sixth running back. Now those are in two different tiers. I have James Connor in the exact same tier as the top guys. I'm much higher on James Connor than most people, but Just because James Conner, let's say he has gone the top five running backs are off the board, that does not mean that I go with the next available running back because that is where I'm going to insert my top wide receiver tier of DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams. It's a very small tier at the top. And so what this is going to allow you to do when you do tiered-based rankings is to hold these premium or elite positions across from each other. This is the exact same way that a NFL teams set up their draft boards going into the NFL draft. And so what it does is it allows you to look at – the different positions and their value in light and against each other. So it's not just, well, my next running back is this. Well, not necessarily. Who's the next best player? And so whenever you do that, you can even add in, well, Travis Kelsey, you know, who you brought up a while I go as the number one tight end. However, he is in a tier with two other guys um, that finished very, very close to him last year and with George Kittle and also, you know, the all time. <laughs> reception leader in a single season, Zach Ertz, at the tight end position. So it it just helps you see, and one of my favorite things to do, I'm going to cut myself off, is to get the last guy in those tiers. And that's kind of a mix between tiered rankings and – Value based drafting is you always want to be towards the end of the tier You never want to start the tier and if you keep doing that all the way down your draft You are going to have a loaded roster and we've done all the work for you So just uh, head over to our website. You can just download that off
0: the site. No big deal Um, It'll help you out a lot Right, and it's really helpful like for you know for me who I know a decent amount about fantasy football been playing for years but even still sometimes I get into like the fourth fifth sixth round and I'm kind of like, I you know, I like this wide receiver and I kind of like this one, too. But, like, how do they compare to the, to each other? And you can look at those tiers and say, OK, well, this guy's in, in the same tier as, uh, you know, say I like, I don't know, uh, I, I don't even know, uh, some random, I don't know, pick anyone. Pick a guy like Joe Mixon, let's say, in the, in the second or third round, right? OK, I have Joe Mixon. I like him. But, you know. There's in his tier, there's four other running backs available in his same tier that are similar to Joe Mixon that are still on the board. And I'm saying, okay, well, I have, you know, I got, I'm six picks away from my next pick. Well, maybe I say, all right, I like Joe Mixon, but there's four other guys in that tier. Chances are one of them is going to come back to me if I like, you know, a wide receiver in a higher tier better. And so, you know, that, that kind of gives you an idea of what you're looking at. And I like that a lot. And that, you know, I, just for me at least, just helps a lot when I'm drafting. So uh, so it's a, it's a very useful tool.
2: Right. And that's the thing. You'll get tiers for a lot of the top guys on a lot of sites. Um, the last update that I sent to Dale yesterday had 334 players in it. So if you're one of those deep leagues and you get to round like 12, 13, 14, and you don't know what the hell's going on, um,
0: yeah, we, we, we overkilled it a little. <laughs> hey, man, it's helpful. It's helpful. We appreciate it. So all right, so let's let's get into this mock draft um and we're we're not going to do a full mock draft obviously. We're going to go through, you know, somewhere between 6 and 10 rounds just to kind of give you an idea of what we're looking at. Um we're going to randomize the draft order so we end up somewhere but but yeah, let's lend, let's let's randomize it until we end up somewhere in the middle instead so, so we're not drafting, you know, in that top 5. We already know who the top 4 or 5 players off the board are going to be,
1: so let's try to get, get to like I don't know, 6 or 7 or something like that. Sure. All right, let's do it. Uh, can you guys see my screen?
2: Yeah, there it
1: is. I'm excited. Okay. Me too. I want to argue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to do 12 teams. I'm going to randomize it. Let's see. Uh, let's, let's do, uh, let's do, let's do half. Let's do yeah, seventh is good. Okay. Let's All do right. half PPR. Half PPR, which is points per reception, for those that don't know. So every so time for- somebody gets a catch they get a half a point bonus, basically. Uh, One quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, and a flex, meaning wide receiver or running back in that Mm -hmm. position. Is that good with you guys? Yeah, so
2: this is going to be kind of your standard league once you set it up on whatever site that you're at. If you don't customize it, it's going to set you up with something very similar to this. Now, I strongly recommend if you're starting a league or you don't already have league formats to add an additional flex or two it makes it more fun makes it a little bit the league won't be as top heavy and then two um, ppr or half point ppr is much more entertaining it just provides more points throughout the game and makes the game more entertaining so and again ppr points per reception um, you can classify that however you want so
1: okay so we started off uh, we are the seventh position and uh, you guys feel free to stop me or tell me to, to get going anytime. But we have, since we are the seventh pick, we had six picks before us. They were all running backs. Uh, not a huge surprise. Usually there's at least one or two wide receivers in there. Like John was talking about, those top-tier wide receivers usually sneak in there in the first six picks. But we had Barkley, McCaffrey, Kamara, Kamara, uh, Zeke, Le'Veon Bell, and Nick Chubb all going one through six. I don't have a huge issue with how the you know the computer picked those, but we are facing a few uh, few pretty good options here. If you're going to go running back, we're looking at either David Johnson. Uh, let's see. I'm sorry. Let me uh, let me just scroll down here. Looking at like David Johnson or um, James Connor for going wide receivers. We're looking at the top guys like DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams. So yeah. You- I was going to say, John, you have Connor obviously
0: a lot higher than most people. So you, I'm assuming, are going to say Connor here, right? I have
2: David Johnson right above him. So in my rankings, I have David Johnson four and I have James Connor five. I'm a huge fan of both of those guys because both of those guys could lead the NFL in touches. And Mm -hmm. both of those guys will be close to almost leading in receptions. David Johnson with the new offense. There's a little bit more of a question mark there. And again, this first pick, you know, the value of each decision that you make descends greatly as you continue through this. So uh, this is going to determine what we do next. And again, as you said, uh, quarterbacks i don't care if patrick mahomes is available Uh, they're so deep there please wait on quarterback and if you're travis kelsey's mom that's wonderful please wait (laughs) till at least the second round um just because again the value early on in drafts is running back and wide receiver um but personally here i am between i would choose david johnson but i would be fine with either david johnson or james
1: connor here
0: what are you thinking dale
1: yeah, I'm I'm pretty uh, pretty big on David Johnson myself this year. So uh, if I'm picking at the seventh spot, I'm really really happy with David Johnson. Uh, J- John didn't really talk about DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's a pretty good value at seven as well. But uh, David Johnson's where it's at. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean me too. Like in, in a different situation, I think
0: Hopkins would be a no-brainer here. But when you have David Johnson on the board, I think you have to take him over Hopkins.
1: Okay. All right, so we took David Johnson as our first pick. A couple wide receivers off the board right after, including Julio Jones was a first one. Then DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Devonte Adams, of course. A couple running backs mixed in, James Connor and Joe Mixon. Tyreek Hill was taken. So was Michael Thomas. So we are back on the clock. Uh, we are picking at uh, two six, which is second round sixth pick. And, hey, quick! Uh,
0: I don't, I'm I'm going to just sorry. interrupt
1: you just for yep. a second. Uh, the the
0: The person who had the 11th pick drafted Connor, and then in the second round drafted Juju. So obviously you got players on the same team going there. How do you feel about that? If it's a
2: top offense, it's great. And so the offenses that I don't mind doing that with, um, obviously you have um, the Packers are going to be up there, the Chiefs, the Rams, the Steelers, and man, who else am I missing in that? Saints. Saints. Yeah. And I also, I'd probably another team that's going to be close up there is going to be the Minnesota Vikings, I believe. Um, and, and so with certain teams, if it's a great offense, that's wonderful. If it's a bad offense, then absolutely not. Um, yeah. And also, I'll probably throw the Bucks up there with wide receivers, not running back. Um, they are going to throw the ball like crazy. I usually don't like having two pass catchers from the same team. However, um, I think the Bucks are going to be a weird exception this year. Um, anyway, we'll get to yeah. that once we we get further down.
0: No, and I think I think uh, one ten as well is a great example of what you were talking about, Dale. Where you're not worried about how you're going to do it, you know, at 110 Hopkins is available. the guy take Hop- takes Hopkins on the way back, he takes Michael Thomas. So, like, yeah, you end up with two wide receivers, but, like, you're getting two legitimately fantastic wide receivers. And so, yeah, maybe you wouldn't go into the draft thinking wide receiver, wide receiver, but if Hopkins is staring you in the face there at 10, it's a really solid pick. And then, again, Thomas is there, and there's no way there's any running back that's better than Michael Thomas in that situation. So, you know, that, to me, is a no-brainer pick there.
1: Yep, yep. Yeah. All right, so now we are looking, we got a running back the first round. We are looking, oh, I, I do want to say one thing really quick for those that aren't seasoned fantasy football players. I know a lot of people talk about bye weeks. Uh, don't get too caught up in looking at bye weeks that early. Uh, I know David Johnson has a bye week 12, and then, you know, if we get somebody like Davlin Cook, which, again, that's another guy I'm pretty high on, uh, he also has a bye week 12. But I'm not really too concerned with that. I mean, we are we haven't even started the season yet, and your your team is just going to, change over time uh who knows what's going to happen with these players or if you get a good trade offer don't sacrifice drafting a good player because of a especially late season by like we you know week 12 i just want to get in there so we have guys like i mentioned davlin cook mike evans keenan allen um even you know the high, you the know, high tier tight ends travis kelsey george kittle are there and uh you know the the running backs here and, and I can kind of give my uh spiel about the the running back two this year, but I'll let you guys go and and I'll add in a little bit
2: yeah, so and, and here's the thing, so we're in the second round, all quarterbacks are still there, we're not touching that position. all tight ends are still there um Travis Kelsey is somewhat of an option here, however, because we're in the middle of the round. Um, you don't have to worry too much about crazy runs. Let's say you're picking one, uh, first, second or third spot or 10, 11, 12 spot. That's a little bit different because you're going to have 20 plus picks in between your picks. So that one, you have to plan a little bit. However, when you're in the middle of the round, you have a lot more flexibility because you don't have to sweat it. There's going to be, you know, 10 to 14 picks between you each time. And that's Okay. So you can kind of predict who's going to be there and who's not. So I still want to stay running back or wide receiver. But – and Dell, this is a question for you. I love alternating (laughs) early on (laughs) to give myself the flexibility later on to get best player available. Yeah. If you start going – let's say you go running back first round, running back second round, running back third round, which Which a lot of people love to do. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say a great running back comes back in the fourth round. Do you just keep loading up and just completely ignore the wide receiver position? Uh, It's not a bad strategy. A lot of people call zero RB where you just go every position besides running back and you load up with rookies late. That's a fine thing. However, um, I truly do believe that you don't want to lock yourself into a spot in the future, in a future round, where you have to say, man, I love this guy and that would be a great pick, but I can't because of what I did before. Yeah. So in this situation, there are a lot of wide receivers that are available. Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, Antonio Brown is there, and Stephen Diggs, who I'm really, really high on. But um, for me personally, it's going to come down to these two guys: Mike Evans and Antonio Brown.
1: Yes, uh, I really like Mike Evans here. And just to go back, to what you were saying, John, um, you know, trying to have a balanced roster. I go. I don't go into the draft thinking I'm going for a balanced roster again. I'm looking at the value, but in the back of my head, every single draft I've done, uh, you always kind of have to think like, oh, I'm, you know, I don't want to get too heavy on running back because exactly what you said, you're going to end up, you know, in the fourth round and needing a wide receiver when you know maybe there's still value other places. So absolutely, I 100% agree with you. Uh, now,
2: I, I do I, I know somebody's cussing me right now because I talked about <laughs> minimizing risk and then I said Antonio Brown. So I, <laughs> I, I want to make sure that I just help you understand why I'm saying what I am saying. Okay? For example, Antonio Brown is a nutcase. But he's also the best wide receiver in football, or at least top three. Okay, His average draft position, or ADP is what we call it a lot of times, was going super, super early. He was going in the first round of almost all drafts over the summer. And then the craziness with the frostbite and the helmet and all that stuff's come out. Well, guess what? We are now on the dark side of the moon with those things. He has reported back to Raiders camp. He has agreed Give away his old damn helmet. He's still trying to find a new one, but Antonio Brown (laughs) is going to be there because he has 30 million dollars guaranteed, which means if he does choose to walk away, he loses all 30 million. If he just shows up, he gets all of that money, so he will show up. And so, again, I this is a value where he is at where it's like you have an additional first round pick because his draft position right now, um. He is going right at this spot, um, kind of at the late, mid to late second round. That is going to start to climb now. So if you're drafting this week, that's where he's going to be. I guarantee you, um, you know, if we jump forward three weeks, whenever almost everybody's drafting, he is going to be going in the first or second pick in the second round. So that's kind of where I would lean. If you are a person that wants to stay completely away from this guy, I would go Mike Evans. So I'm happy with either of those two guys.
1: Yep. Yeah. And I, I, I want to just jump on this really quick. You know, we, we were talking about wide receivers, not necessarily because we're trying to balance our roster already, although that is, like I said, in the back of my head, but these running backs that are available later, the next two rounds, the next three rounds, has immense value. I mean, we're talking about, you know, 10, 15, 20 picks from now, you're still going to get guys like uh, Devonta Freeman, Derek Henry, Josh Jacobs, Mark Ingram, David Montgomery, Sonny Michelle. Um, you know, even James White later. So we're not even looking at running back right now. Especially that we got a top tier in David Johnson. I think it's pretty obvious that we're going wide receiver. I personally would uh, would pick Mike Evans here. Maybe He's like safer. Pat. Yeah. Maybe let Pat decide. It's a show. Uh,
0: you know what? As crazy as it sounds, I, I think I'm gonna.
1: I think I'd prefer um, Antonio
0: Brown because I just hate Mike Evans and I hate James Winston and <laughs> I just. <laughs> I just can't stand those guys, and I know, like, I just every time I've had Mike Evans on my team before, and I just feel like every time I have him on my team, he sucks, and I just can't, like, I'm just like, oh, it'll like, go three weeks. He's like Deshaun Jackson. We'll go three weeks with like, you know, four, three, two, and then he'll have like twenty five, and I'm like, I, I just, I can't stand it, and so, like, you know. And so the the biggest thing that worries me about Antonio Brown, honestly, is is Amari Cooper. You know, Amari Cooper is a guy who struggled to catch the ball in Oakland and struggled to find himself in that offense and then goes to Dallas and all of a sudden is the best receiver in football. I I don't get it. And so maybe it has something to do with the offense and with David Carr and with what they're doing over there. But I mean, it's Antonio Brown like and like John said, like if he's if he's up to what he was, I mean, he had a bad year last year and and he was he was still what like a top 20 wide receiver i mean like you know to me to me brown is the pick here yeah
2: yeah it, you said that like he had a bad year last year he finishes the number five
1: wide receiver right <laughs> oh yeah he well, is fit th- these are the well, past
2: go. six years fifth wide receiver second first 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 third
1: yeah and, and don't so. forget he's coming from an offense <laughs> with his wide receiver two basically getting 10 15 targets a game along with him he's not going to have that in Oakland. he's he's going to eat um he i mean i think pound for pound the best wide receiver in football right now uh things just have to go right for him this year with this offense so uh all right i'm drafting antonio brown at two six second round six pick after that guys like damien williams travis kelsey george kittle were taken uh later in the second i'm sorry later in the third round Stephon Diggs, Keenan Allen, David Montgomery, the rookie out of Chicago. Patrick Mahomes was the first quarterback taken in the middle of the third. A little too early, I think around too early for my quarterback. Uh, if, you know, a, a top-tier quarterback, I think it's around too early for me. And then Aaron Jones was taken right before. So we have David Johnson Antonio Brown, super balanced. We can either we can go either direction, so really looking at value here. Um, what do you guys think? We have running backs like on Johnson, Melvin Gordon, Uh, Pretty fall for Melvin Gordon. We'll see, uh, you know, how the holdout situation works out. But uh, Marlon Mack, then Amari Cooper, who Pat just mentioned, Uh, Adam Thielen, going back to the tight ends, top tier tight end Zach Ertz. Um, And then we have quarterbacks, but we're not going to go through the quarterbacks right now. Yeah. yeah, we're
2: not touching quarterbacks. There's so many quarterbacks. There's so much depth here. Now, hey, my favorite player in this one, and I don't think it's too close, is Carry On Johnson, um, which I am a huge Carry On guy. They went ahead and let go Theo Riddick. Um, he is going to be, and we're at half point PPR. This is a guy that's going to get you know 70 targets to 70 catches i I really think he could be maybe north of that um he is definitely my guy now melvin gordon and again staying with that concept he is a guy we don't know about right now and you're gonna have to throw be willing to throw away your third round pick for a guy who could be a top 10 running back for me i'm still saying no um what do you think, Pat? How do you feel towards the Melvin Gordon situation? Do you feel like you have a, a handle on this guy?
0: or? No, I, I feel the same way. I mean, I just don't – especially after Bell last year, I just feel like there's no there's no impetus for him to actually come and play, and he could just sit out and not play. And I just think – and I said this all year – and this is kind of not fantasy related, but I said it all year last year. You know, Pittsburgh was dumb. They should have traded Bell the second – now, a little bit different because it was the franchise tender, I believe – but they should. The second he said, "I'm going to hold out," they should have traded him. You know, and I, I feel the same way about about Gordon. It's like, what are you doing? Either pay the guy or trade him. It's not worth it. It's it's not worth it because he's going to sit on your bench and then he's gone next year. It's like you're dumb for doing it. But if the Chargers are going to let him sit there and not move him, now you're stuck with Melvin Gordon, and we've seen it work. And now, whether we know how it works out with Bell or not, we don't know if Bell's going to get you know if Bell's going to play really well this year. We have no idea. But he got his money, and so there's yep. no reason to think that Gordon wouldn't say, "Screw it, I'll sit out too, and I'll get my money next year," you know, just like Bell did. And so, to me, I don't love, I don't love Melvin Gordon here. Um, I might take a shot. I'm in the fourth round, but okay. the third round to me is a little bit too early still. I actually, I have my eye on a, on a on another running back, not in this round, but I have my eye on another running back, maybe coming back in the fourth round. That's Mark Ingram. I just feel like that offense is going to run the ball on every single play and, and he and, is he's the main running back
2: and i love that i love what you said there like i have my on mark ingram and let's say you love mark ingram but you can go early and reach for a guy but you don't have to go nuts right because right. you can still get mark ingram um you know there's 10 running backs that are still on the board, ranked ahead of them. We're using Fantasy Pro's Draft Simulator, and it shows you the consensus ranks. Now, wherever you are drafting, let's say it's ESPN or NFL or whatever, draft off of their rankings so that you can see what everybody else says and have your rankings off to the side or Mm -hmm. our rankings from eatsleepfantasy.com. And so you don't want to adjust the rankings on the side. A lot of features have that. Do not do that. Keep it to where it's their, the site's default rankings, because basically that gives you a cheat sheet on what the majority of your league is drafting from. So it lets you know what they're thinking as well. So um, now, is there a chance we could lose Mark Ingram here? And he's not there in the fourth round? Possibly. But, Pat, like you said, let's develop a little bit of a plan here looking forward. So I like On Johnson here. You like Mark Ingram in the next round. Do we want to go running back, running back here, or would we prefer to grab one of these top 10 wide receivers that are left and stay with the balanced roster? So this is where we got to kind of plan it. So the question would be, would we prefer carry on Johnson and Mark Ingram, or would we prefer Adam Thielen and Mark Ingram? Which one's going to make our roster better? Um, I'll go to Dale for this one because I know you're a
1: Thielen guy. I am a Thielen guy, yeah, and I would absolutely say – uh, if if we're going wide receiver here, which I think is a pretty smart idea, I'm going Adam Thielen and hoping for Mark Ingram. I mean, even look, even if not Mark Ingram, like I mentioned, I mean Sony Michelle for me right. is the same tier, and it's like, you know, we have a good shot of getting one of four pretty good guys in the same tier coming back. So absolutely, we're not we're not thinking about running back here, and we're we're looking at Adam Thielen in my opinion.
0: Okay, all right, let's, let's do it.
2: I was, uh, oh, hold on. You have to hit the button that says draft
1: player, Dale. <laughs> he wasn't in there. Okay. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> All right. So we got Adam Thielen. After that, uh, Chris Carson. Oh, Mark
2: Ingram went.
1: <laughs> Mark of course Ingram he did. did go early. Yep.
2: And Sony Michelle went.
1: That's, <laughs> that's funny. Okay. And Derek Henry. Wow. Um, and so- you know
2: what didn't happen? almost no wide receivers went. Yeah. Um, this is going to happen, and this is why you mock draft. So let's just say um, you are the biggest Mark Ingram fan, and you're just like, if I don't get this guy on my team, I'm just going to be pissed. <laughs> you go through these mock drafts, and you try it out. This is a trial. We're not playing with this team. And so now we know, man, if I want to be 100% guaranteed to get Mark Ingram, I've got to take him in the third right, uh, yeah. or trade for him later on. So it, definitely some things that can happen. If you are in the middle of a draft and somebody picks the guy that you're in love with, what you want to do is, one, put on your poker face. And what I do I'm, – I'm an asshole. I'm just going to be – I don't know if I can cuss on this show, but whatever. Um,
0: uh, you know, I mean something like that is Okay.
2: You you can edit that for sure. My
0: apologies. That's quite all right. We'll just stay away from We'll stay away from the hard stuff. That's all.
2: And and this gets into kind of your uh, strategy. I'm going to be like, man, Mark Ingram, really? Like, what do you think about him? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm going to start working that trade right then and there. Um, (laughs) Well, all right, cool. Would you be interested in trading him and try to get some of that stuff worked out, whether that's in the chat or private DM, whatever. Hopefully it's a live draft. But we went wide receiver. And all, there's still some stud wide receivers there. So do we want to go with, you know, we've got two of the Rams wide receivers, Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods, which I love both those guys. You yeah. said earlier that you didn't like Mike Evans because he's a boomer bust type of a guy. Robert Woods is was the safest and most predictable wide receiver last year yeah. uh, with double-digit games. So if you are looking for consistent week in and week out, we'll never lose you a game. Robert Woods is there. Chris Goss. Godwin as well, but there are still some running backs: Devontae Freeman, Josh Jacobs, Philip Lindsay, James White. So, Pat, let's go to you, man. Who are some guys that stand out to you here?
0: Yeah, I mean, to me, to me, it's it's probably going to be one of the top running backs, only because the 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 hard thing for me is that at this point we're at four six, we don't draft again until five seven, and so I look at that and I say, okay, at that point these top running backs are going to be gone. We're looking at a running back two situation our second starting running back. I want to have a guy that's in the same tier with Freeman and Jacobs and not, you know, I don't want to end up with Latavius Murray as my number two running back. You know what I yep. mean? And so, and so that to me, even though you want to draft the best player available and that might not be Freeman or Jacobs here, it might be a guy like cooks or woods. Like you said to me, I just think that, you know, you you have to go after one of these running backs at this point because You know, otherwise your team is going to be skewed to your wide receiver. Now, maybe, you know, maybe you say, okay, Cooks and Woods are that much better than Freeman or Jacobs. And if that's the case and you don't like either of those players, well, then you say, okay, fine. I'll live with one of those other running backs and my
1: wide receiving core will be just completely stacked. And if I have to trade for a running back later, I will. Yeah. I mean, my my thing here is if we did a mock draft five more times, I don't think Mark Ingram will go as early as four three. And you gotta kind of, and I don't know how intelligent this uh, the simulator is, but when you're looking at at the end of the third round, four running backs taken at the end of the third round. That after the couple running backs were taken, that kind of starts a domino effect. And especially in leagues when you're drafting with actual people, they're looking at running back taken, running back taken, and then people start panicking like, "Oh crap, I gotta take a running back." Same thing goes for quarterbacks. If you watch in your leagues and your mock drafts with other people. When a quarterback is taken a couple times in a row, when you know one, two, three quarterbacks are taken in that same round, people start going crazy, and it's a domino effect, and they start reaching for quarterbacks when they normally wouldn't. Yep. Uh, just, just last month when we were in Dallas, John, we were drafting four boards at the same time. It was crazy how different they were, and it was all mm-hmm. depending on when these quarterback runs hit. Sometimes the quarterback runs would hit in the sixth round everybody would draft a quarterback in the sixth round sometimes you would get those same quarterbacks in the 12th round <laughs> it was really weird how it was acting up um and so the same exact thing happened here with the running backs i wouldn't count on mm-hmm. you know don't take that you know hey we gotta definitely always reach for Mark Ingram in the third i, I get what john was saying i'm just trying to reiterate it if you're looking at the smock draft yes and if you really want mark ingram that's your thinking that you gotta get him a little bit early but um you know, it's it's probably not going to happen very often unless you see more of these running back runs. So, yep, and, and well, and that's, and that's where I think the,
0: the, uh, the volume that you're doing is important, right? Sure. If you do one mock draft and you're like, oh, well, that's how the, that's how that went. You know, Mark Ingram, I have to take him in the third round. Well, then you do 10 more mock drafts and Mark Ingram goes in the fourth or fifth round and every single one of them will you say, well, okay, well, in the majority of them, he's going in the fourth or fifth round, so I don't need to reach for him in the third round. And so, you know, and he could go in the third round in your draft. You don't know, yep. but yep. but it's just about it's about doing as many mock drafts as you can to get a feel for what you think might actually
1: happen. Yep, and you're always going to get a guy who, right before the draft, he reads uh, something from a beat writer in Baltimore uh, talking about Martin right. Ingram is you know going to be the best running back in football, <laughs> and uh, you know you get excited and people reach and stuff like that. So. And you're going to have those guys. But uh, going back to the draft, yeah, Pat, I agree with you. I think Freeman or the rookie Josh Jacobs out of uh, Oakland uh, is definitely the way to go for me. John, do you agree? Uh,
2: Yeah, I love it, man. And and so, like, again, either one of these two guys is going to be huge. Now, the question is volume over offense. Um, The Atlanta offense is much, much better. Okay, so they're near the top in scoring and yards all the time. However, they don't like to stay with a single running back. They love to do time shares. Oakland, one we already have a player for Oakland. We talked about how we don't want to partner up two skill players on a bad offense. But Josh Jacobs is a guy that could be in competition for most touches in the NFL. Um, so either one of these aren't bad if we want to diversify and spread out our risk. I would suggest Devontae Freeman. But if we want to stay for the, man, it's a half-point PPR, this guy's going to have a lot of catches in that offense check down. I mean, literally 300 rushing attempts. If he doesn't get that, it's going to be a disappointment. Um, so, yeah, either of
0: those two guys. Pat, make the call. The, uh, me make the call? I was going to tell you to
1: make the call. <laughs> <laughs> I feel
2: like the United Nations over here, man.
1: I'll go Freeman if it's up to me. All right, All do it. Right. So through the first four picks, we have two running backs, two wide receivers. I would have gone, I would have gone Jacobs myself, but you
2: know. <laughs> yeah, I love that he waited until he clicked the button.
1: <laughs> so we have David Johnson, Devonta Freeman, Antonio Brown, and Adam Thielen. Uh, going forward, now this is where we start kind of looking at We have a pretty balanced roster. Now where are we maybe a little weaker in? That's how I kind of determine – Where to draft here, you know, do we need to get a little bit stronger on running backs? I don't think so. I think we're really, really strong with David Johnson and Freeman. Wide receivers are Brown and Thielen. Brown is a little bit of a risk. It's a very solid roster so far. I'm thinking we're leaning a little bit towards wide receiver depending on what's available. Uh, This, and and I do want to add, the fifth round is really where I start looking at top-tier quarterbacks. If a top-tier quarterback, and by top-tier I mean – Mahomes Watson or Andrew Luck for me personally, if they're available anywhere between the mid fifth and the late fifth, I start thinking about quarterbacks. Um, But
0: Andrew, Andrew Luck scares the crap out of me, man. With that that high ankle thing, what the hell's going on? Yeah.
2: His ADP is going to drop. He's He's going as the fourth quarterback right now. That is going to be a major issue. And here's the thing. Let me just say this about quarterbacks. We're in a 12 team league. Okay. If, Every team drafts two quarterbacks, which I don't usually recommend. That's 24 quarterbacks, which means every single Sunday besides bye weeks, there are going to be, my math is not my strong suit, eight available quarterbacks on the waiver wire. So having said that, wait on quarterbacks. Now, if Patrick Mahomes falls to the fifth round, then I'm cool with it. Outside of that... There's not that much of a difference if you look at points per game last year between guys like, um, you know, if you look at guys like Cam Newton, Carson Wentz, Russell Wilson, all these guys finished near the top of the league. Cam Newton got injured and that hurt a lot. But there's not a giant point gap per game between them and the bottom guys. So I don't mind waiting on quarterback, but if there's a guy that you got to have, I mean, you got to go get them,
1: but I'm still staying the hell away here.
0: Yeah. I always
1: wait on quarterback. I do too. Uh, Man, Deshaun Watson, his little profile picture on this simulator, it looks (laughs) like he's staring at me. Um, But anyways, uh, I will refrain. Right after we selected Freeman, uh, another tight end, OJ Howard, then Robert Woods, A.J. Green, Josh Jacobs was taken. Crazy, uh, Crazy wide receiver run. Over the next yeah. eight
0: picks. All all wide receivers except for... I mean, since we
1: picked all wide receivers except for O.J.
0: Howard and Josh Jacobs. Yeah,
1: that's crazy. So that's tons
0: right. of wide receivers going yeah. off the board.
1: Mike Williams, Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett, Will Fuller. So we're looking at uh, fifth round, seventh pick. We have a balanced roster. We're kind of... Uh, we can go anywhere we want, really. Um, the wide receivers, I'd like the tier that we're at. Uh, because there's the four guys... Uh, really I don't I'm not am not going to count Alshon Jeffrey, but Tyler Boyd, Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore, they're all kind of grouped together for me. I like all those guys. And then looking at the running backs, Philip Lindsey, James White, um it, it's not really looking too sexy on the running back side, but No, it is not what do you what are you guys thinking? Or, you know, I don't I, I feel the same way about tight ends as John does about quarterbacks. Yeah, if if I'm at not this getting, point, if I'm not getting, you know, the top three. Uh, maybe even top four including oj howard i'm waiting a little bit longer i am a little different with one player and that is evan
2: ingram um i have him I, i've I've gotten pretty close to putting him in my top tier of tight end rankings i have him fourth and so i have him almost in a tier of his own because i think he's closer to zach ertz than he is to anybody else oj howard hunter henry that he is one of those guys that could lead the position in receptions this year. They have nothing else to throw to, and they are a check-down offense. There's no wide receivers. I mean, it's going to no, be Saquon really. and the Evan Ingram show. So I do like Evan Ingram here, and I don't mind that in the fifth round, but it, it's not something that you have to jump out on. And it, it, here's the deal. Here are the the times that I am willing to go quarterback Or tight end earlier is if you're playing with not a lot of flex positions, which in this mock we do not, or you're playing in a 10-team league. Because if you are playing with fewer teams, that means the talent, uh, the waiver wire and all those things, it's going to be a top-heavy league. You don't need depth. If you are in a 10-person league or a small bench league or a lower starters league, the more positions you add, the more depth you need, the fewer you have or the teams you take away, it's all about that top end. So right. something to keep in mind there. Hopefully I made it more confusing for everybody.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I'll tell you what. I don't mind the the Ingram pick here. I do, I do agree with you. It's interesting, though, for me, I feel the exact opposite way about Tyler Boyd. I would feel a lot better about Tyler Boyd if A.J. Green were healthy. I just feel like last year when Green was out, Boyd struggled. And when Green was playing, Boyd was good because he was the number two option. I don't know if he's a number one wide receiver. And so the beginning of this year, until A.J. Green comes back, whenever that is, you know, he's going to be that number one option. He's going to be really keyed on, you know, and maybe double covered. I just – I don't feel confident that Tyler Boyd can beat that double coverage. Um, And so I don't love – Tyler Boyd in this spot now if you if you tell me that you love you know Calvin Ridley Calvin Ridley or DJ Moore in this spot over Evan Ingram I'd be fine with it I'd go with that um but I think that that Ingram is a legitimate shot here and and for me certainly over Tyler Boyd in my opinion
2: yeah I I like both those plays man I, I do like Tyler Boyd, and I love their offense that they have coming. Now, Tyler Boyd finishes the wide receiver 15 last year, but what people keep saying on Twitter, and I hear in these conversations, it does not help him that A.J. Green was gone. Uh, he had a strong sample size with A.J. Green and without him last year, he did better with him. Um, it's it's not addition by subtraction. He might get more targets. however, as you said, if the defenses can key on him, that is not what he needs, especially coming out of the slot. So uh, me personally, um I know Dell's gonna disagree with me. I would take Evan Ingram here, but I, I'm like turning into a fanboy of Evan Ingram, so I can completely understand if uh, you want to go the other way.
1: no, i'm I'm okay. I mean, look, I trust your judgment. Uh, I don't agree with your ranking, but that doesn't mean it's not a it's a bad play here. It, to be honest, I mean Tyler Boyd, Calvin. Reilly, I mean they don't really do anything for me, I, so I'm not gonna. I don't have a strong argument against it. So you got me on this round. If you want Evan Ingram, I'll draft him. All right, let's do it. All right, super balanced now. David Johnson, mm-hmm. Devonta Freeman, Antonio Brown, Adam Thielen, Evan Ingram. Now we can really do whatever we want here. Yep. Um, Well, now what I'm thinking,
0: what I'm thinking now is we can do with with uh, what a lot of guys, you know, in an old league that I used to play in that I don't no longer playing anymore. They would they would at this point draft a quarterback and then another either running back or wide receiver and then a defense and then a kicker. (laughs) And they'd be like, hey, my entire starting roster is all set. I'm like, you idiots. Don't do that.
2: And we're starting to see that already. Like um, Just in this mock draft, there's four quarterbacks taken in the last five picks because there is that mentality, and this is so overwhelming. Well, now they're just bench players, not that big of a deal, and the common fantasy football player doesn't think about injuries, suspensions, bye weeks, things like that happen. Running backs are always injured. So if you are at the spot where you're like, man, I feel really good about my team, go after running back depth. And there are some strong plays here. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you wanted to go quarterback here with a guy like Aaron Rodgers, Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, whatever, that's fine. Um, but, again, if we look, there's been s- how many quarterbacks gone? About seven, six quarterbacks gone total. That means there's six teams out there that don't have a quarterback. Half the teams have a quarterback. So there's going to be guys there. I love the running back position here. I think that there are some strong plays. James White, who finishes a top ten Running back last year, we're in a half point PPR. Um, I really like Lamar Miller and shoot Tevin Coleman. You know, people stayed away from San Francisco running backs because there was three of them. Well, guess what? Now there's two, and if you combine all the running back yards and fantasy points that San Francisco RBs had, it was the fifth most per team last year. So it's going to be Matt Breida and Tevin Coleman. Um, I don't think you can go wrong with either one of those two guys because Shanahan offenses always put up huge points at the running back position. So th- there's a lot of options there. I-, I love the running back spot right here, though. That's what I'd recommend.
0: Okay. I mean, I, look, I mean, I'm a, a, obviously a Patriots guy. This is a Patriots podcast. But James White, for me, you look at the beginning of the season especially. Now, Ben Watson is going to be suspended. Who knows when Josh Gordon is going to be back. If Demarius Thomas is back, you got, you know, Potentially two rookie wide receivers that are playing. Edelman's going to be coming off his uh, his thumb injury. A lot of questions. The only guy that doesn't have questions is James White. And they threw to him non-stop at the beginning of the season. And I just feel like he's going to get a ridiculous amount of targets, especially at the beginning of the year. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him be you know, a top 5 to 10 running back in a half-point PPR league halfway through the season. Now, I don't think he can last the full year, um, with that workload. So he could be a guy that you try to ship off, say, week, you know, seven, eight, something like that, where he's been really good and you say, you know what, I don't think he can hold up all year long. And I think the Patriots kind of show you they don't think that either because they really, they really pulled off of him at the end of the year. Um, but, you know, I think that he could be a guy that could, could win a few games for you at least early in the season. Yep.
2: Yep. Cool. Dale, come on, man. Be the, the breaker, the breaker of chains. Let's uh, go, buddy.
1: I am going with James White here. I, Look at uh, this. Yeah, yeah, I like James White. <laughs> I like. Uh, I really liked him last season too, and he he did me well, uh, exactly to the points that Pat mentioned. I I'm going James White. I agree. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, so we want James White. A couple more quarterbacks off the board: Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, and Cam Newton. Didi Westbrook. Um, that's one of my I guess mid round guys that I really, really like. And he was just taken right before our pick. Uh, Tevin Coleman, who he would mention, Darius Geis and Austin Eckler. Um, actually me and John just had a podcast debating (laughs) Austin Eckler and Darius Geis. That's pretty interesting. So we are looking at we have our roster filled besides quarterback. Um, we still a ton of quarterbacks left. So I'm I don't really think it's worth even mentioning because no. you, the the top tier guys are obviously gone and so basically it's all just a crap shoot there from eight to 20 <laughs> um so we're not really going to deal with that so running backs we're looking at lamar miller is still available uh we just took uh our third running back though but lamar miller uh, rashad penny uh miles sanders the rookie out of philadelphia is still there and then we're looking at wide receivers like jarvis landry marvin jones dante pettis curtis samuel Uh, Sammy Watkins
0: well John you're a San
1: Francisco guy right I mean is Pettis the pick here uh,
2: no Um, that's a wonderful thank you for bringing that up Um, Pettis people need to pump the brakes on considerably Um, he has had a very very bad camp that's only gotten worse it started off great and it's gotten really really bad so the, the thing about Dante Pettis is this he's going to be a starting wide receiver for the San Francisco 49ers guaranteed to start the season. That's fine. However, the younger guys are pushing much (laughs) faster than everybody thought. Debo Samuel, second-round pick out of South Carolina, and Jalen Hurd, third-round pick out of Baylor. Uh, They showed out in the very first preseason game. Jalen Hurd had two touchdowns. Now, I don't think either one of them are going to take – uh their job in fact neither one of those wide receivers have even taken snaps in the offense at that position but the idea that Dante Pettis was going to be the clear cut number 1 is on shaky ground right now his ADP however does not necessarily reflect that so if i am drafting a San Francisco person I am waiting, 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 and I am grabbing – Jalen Hurd's basically undrafted. I'm going to take him in the last two picks of every draft I'm in. I really think that guy could be special. Um, So I'd pump the brakes on him right now at that ADP value. ADP stands for average draft position where he's going right now. Seventh round, it's a little too early for me.
0: Okay. All right. Dale, what do you think about Landry here, Jarvis Landry?
1: Yeah, I actually think Jarvis Landry – Could has a chance, and I know people are going to call me crazy, but Jarvis Landry does have a chance to be the biggest wide receiver performer fantasy-wise for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I think he's pretty good value here mid-seventh. I do want to go back, and I know this isn't really mock draft-related, and John, I just want a quick answer, yes or no. We don't have to go in-depth into it. But Jalen Hurd on the 49ers is his value solely based off of how Trent Taylor Uh, recovers from his injury or is this totally separate thing jalen hurd is basically going to uh take his position if he doesn't get healthy is that correct
2: um yes and no he is playing multiple positions in the 49ers offense however um trent taylor would be the guy that would be out there for you know third and short in the middle of the field jalen hurd has been the best 49ers wide receiver and goal line settings so he's going to be a guy very similar to what we saw mike williams last year that might not be out there with the quote-unquote starters but as soon as they get past the 30 yard line he is going to be a mainstay and a target in the red zone guaranteed no matter who is healthy or who isn't okay like the short answer right. thank you all right i can't do it man
0: it's a problem it's a
2: problem unless my wife asked me a question it's gonna be a long answer.
0: All right. Um, She gives that look, right? She gives that look like, don't.
1: No.
2: I just say yes, (laughs) ma'am.
1: So (laughs) I think here, I think the value here is Lamar Miller. Uh, I do like Jarvis Landry. I think this is good value for both Jarvis Landry and Lamar Miller. But I I just like Lamar Miller here a little bit better. Okay. Let's do it. I'm down. Okay. All right. We are now heading into the 8th round. Dante Pettis was taken at the end of the 7th. Uh, again, a bunch of wide receivers. Curtis Samuel, Sterling Shepard, Larry Fitzgerald, Rashad Penny was taken right before us. So now we are in the 8th round, middle of the 8th, 8-6. Eight, and we have some uh, interesting wide receivers. I'm sure a lot of discussion could go around about Cortland Sutton, uh, Anthony Miller, Anthony Miller. Deshaun Jackson, which is really interesting. Uh, MVS um, out of Green Bay. And uh, I don't know. The running back's dry. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think,
0: I think too, um, one of the things about mock drafting, too, here is that I know we were talking a little bit about, you know, between Miller and, and Landry and which one, you know, you liked and which one you didn't like. Let's just say your second running back was Miles Sanders. Let's just say you liked. You know, you're like, all right. Uh, You know, I'm deciding between Lamar Miller and Miles Sanders. And then, you know, I go from there. But now Sanders is still available and a bunch of wide receivers go off the board. And so you may say, okay, if I do that again, you know, let's try that mock again. And let's see if I take Landry in there that either Miller or Sanders drafts me again. And then maybe now I can take I can get one of those guys in the eighth round instead of losing a bunch of wide receivers. Now, maybe you like the guys that are in this wide receiver spot, but that's why doing the mock drafts and doing the homework pays off for you in the end because you can kind of see where those drafts will end up and you know in general if a guy will, might drop to you depending on what you're doing so um, just just one little quick note there because I know a lot of wide receivers went and not a lot of running backs went there so we could have said maybe okay we like one of those wide receivers at the top we take one of those guys and not a ton of running backs go and so we end up with a guy that we liked anyways you know
1: Yep.
2: yeah 100% agree So I'm loving this team by the way
1: yeah I'll I'll recap really quick We have David Johnson Devonta Freeman Antonio Brown Adam Thielen Evan Ingram James White And Lamar Miller Not bad Not bad
0: Yeah Strong Strong at running back For sure um, Now I think the question For me is I You know it's the 8th round I know we're saying Wait on quarterback Wait on quarterback Wait on quarterback Do we feel like Russell Wilson is worthy Of a pick here Or are we still waiting For you know Even maybe Drew Brees In the next round Or the 10th round Or somewhere around there Um You know, I think at some point we have to start looking quarterback. You know, I just think that I don't want to end up with Jameis Winston as my starting
2: quarterback. (laughs) We'll Um, make sure we won't do that. And I'll say this too, you know, you, you brought this up a few times about players you hate. Fantasy football is supposed to be fun. And it doesn't matter even if you're playing like high stakes leagues or you're putting a bunch of money or a bad bet or something like that. Pick guys you like. There's so many fantasy players and this is your team. Don't pick somebody you hate because then you gotta cheer for that almost cussed again. Sorry about that, Pat. You have to (laughs) cheer for that person on Sundays. So don't do that. And Uh, it's a good
0: point. And I think too, like, you know, even like and I say hate, like I don't actually hate the guy, but I just I as a fantasy guy I don't like him. And I always felt that way about Doug Baldwin. I always felt that way about Doug Baldwin. And I think it was it was either last year or two years ago, I ended up taking him in the second round because he was the only guy available. And it was like, he was clearly better than everybody else on the board. And I was just like, I really don't want to make this pick. But I I was like, fine, I'll make it. And like week three, he got hurt and was done basically for the entire year. And I was so mad all year long because <laughs> I was like, I, I purposely never draft Doug Baldwin because I think he's inconsistent. And the one year I draft him, of course, he gets hurt and never plays. And it's just like, just shows me you know i wish i could see
2: his face right right now i can see the anger
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's great
2: i love russell wilson as a fantasy quarterback um he's never missed a game in his entire career he's never finished outside of the top 12 quarterbacks he has three top three quarterback finishes and the crazy thing is he did it last year as well but they don't throw the ball um However, he is beyond efficient. I don't see that stopping this year. He is a super safe quarterback that you know we're getting in the eighth round. So if you do want to go quarterback here, I would definitely recommend Russell Wilson. Um, he is a super safe quarterback that you can get with top five upside.
0: All right. Now, Dale, you want to sell me one of those wide receivers over Russell Wilson, or do you think Wilson's the pick here?
1: Um. No, i I think a quarterback. I think this is about where it starts drying up, and you really do have to look for, a, you know, for a quarterback. I'm good with Russell Wilson or Drew Brees. I like watching the Saints. Uh, so yeah. again, we're you know we're just basically saying the same thing. I really like watching the Saints. So when you know if I have the opportunity to get Drew Brees, I'm going to just because I like to root for him. So, but Russell Wilson, if if that's your guy, and I, I think maybe he is a little bit better value. But if it was my draft, I'd say I enjoy watching Drew Brees more, and I'll watch more of his games. Um, it just it makes it more fun to watch. But I'm, I'm good either way. Russell Wilson.
0: You know what? Let's take Brees because he's in the and he's just he is he's so consistent. You know, I mean, you talk about Wilson being consistent, and Brees just every single year is in the top ten. And uh, and so I think you know, let let's take Brees.
1: Okay, I feel good about that.
0: All right, so let's do one more pick here. I think we've gone, we've gone pretty deep into it. I don't want to spend no, no. too much time going super deep. Um, but, you know, as Dale said, um, you know, the two, we'll recap the team one more time, Dale, and we'll, we'll make our final pick here.
1: All right, quarterback Drew Brees. And we have David Johnson, Devontae Freeman, Antonio Brown, Adam Thielen. Our tight end is Evan Ingram. Our flex is James White. And then we have a bench player, Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller being a bench player, you can already tell. Uh, Lamar Miller is our fourth best running back. We're doing a pretty good job, I think. So, yeah, yeah uh, for sure. This this last pick, uh, Russell Wilson did last an entire round, by the way. Uh, interesting Crazy. enough, yeah. Uh, you do again. You do this mock again. Five five quarterbacks will be taken. <laughs> you know, you never right. know. Right. So right. Yeah. Um, so we're looking at. Uh, I'll just tell you the top guys available. Jared Cook is actually still available. I know some people like to pair their quarterbacks with receivers. But uh, you have Jared Cook, Vance McDonald, David Najuku, Austin Hooper, which I think are all good late-round tight ends that you can grab if you're waiting on tight ends. Um, I know we already grabbed – we already have every Ingram, so I don't suggest that. But we also What have, if we uh, do
2: – I, I want to pause you sure. real quick. Since this is our last pick, Dale, can we go like super deep um, guys, not necessarily who's best available here, but like who are one or two guys that you're just like – i got to have um, yes. at some point because these are going to be the questions that I think people want to know the most. And there's a few guys uh, that I see way down this list. One of them, for me, I'll do a running back and a wide receiver. Uh, at the running back position, Devin Singletary, oh, rookie running back out pick. of Buffalo. Yeah, absolutely. Holy freaking cow. Absolutely <laughs> love this kid. And I understand the Buffalo backfield is crowded. Um, T.J. Yeldon, even though he's not great. Frank Gore, greatest all time. Then i got to throw the 49ers plug in there. Uh, plus LaShawn <laughs> McCoy. I kid you not. Devin Singletary is going to be a guy who probably won't start weeks one, two, and three. But he is going to be that kind of Nick Chubb guy that once he gets this starting role in an amazing rushing offense with a mobile quarterback, which helps the run game, uh, back to our argument about Mark Ingram, this guy is going to win fantasy football leagues down the stretch. Absolutely yeah. love Devin Singleton. I agree. So I don't want to steal your next guy, Dale. I'll, I'll kick it over to you.
1: No, no, no. You go. You steal both of them. Because I, I know okay. I, I I can guarantee you're not going to tell – you're not going to give my wide receiver. I guarantee it.
2: I felt like I already plugged um, Jalen Hurd. Did I plug him? I, I did yes. plug him a little bit. You did, yeah. So I'll stay away from that one. I will take this one. Deep breath – and I hate to say it because I hate this damn offense.
1: Don't but, say uh, Adam Humphreys.
2: Nah, I, man, dude, he had six targets. Oh whoa 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 whoa! whoa. <laughs> he whoa. had six targets in the opening drive of their preseason game. Like six targets on one drive on what a rushing offense. Absolutely love that guy. I'm just saying. So uh, there we go.
0: Wait, yeah, why would he do, that? Why would he he can't, do that? can't throw the deep ball?
1: Wait wait He's wait wait. Check it. Are you you check really, it down every, every play. Are you really saying Abraham Humphreys? Yeah, that's oh, what yeah. I was going to say. I'll say
0: Jamison
2: Crowder, the uh, poor man's version of that. Uh, it's the exact same role. Target monster out of the slot. Love Jamison Crowder. Can't guard him. He creates so much space. And again, you have a quarterback that loves to check down Adam Gase. Um, go back to kind of the early Jarvis Landry days down in Miami, right, with those crazy targets. Well, that's guess who's calling the plays there in the, for the Jets now, and he is going to be playing that Jarvis Landry role. I love guys that I can pair up that are guaranteed going to get you know their seven to eight targets a game minimum, especially in a PPR or half PPR. The floor is there there. Um, then later in the draft, I'm targeting super high upside swing for the fences guys. But yeah, I, I love those slot wide receivers that are going to get the most looks on their team.
0: Okay. All right. Dale, so, the only thing I'll say about Humphreys, and I, I'm going to let you go. i love to. Uh, I'm going to pull a little Kanye here. But, uh, why? Is that your guy? Is that <laughs> yeah, the it guy is. you were going to. It is. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So I, don't have to, so, I don't have to sell him to you. I'll let you talk about Adam Humphreys then, if
1: that's the case. No, I mean, I thought John... you were going to
0: say, if you were like, uh, you're going to say Adam Humphreys, I thought you were going to, like, say something bad about Humphreys. I'm like, wait a second. What do you no, mean? No,
1: no, because I've okay. been on Adam Humphreys since the day he, uh, he landed in Tennessee. Um, and everybody said I was crazy and I loved him too much. Um, Anyways. I did tell you that. I did tell you that. <laughs> uh, Devin Singletary was my guy there, but also uh, there's two people that I think are really being underdrafted. I won't go really in depth. Uh, we'll we'll start getting you know wrapping it up. But Peyton Barber, I think, still has a lot of value this late in drafts, especially. And so does Adrian Peterson. I am a big Darius Geis guy. He's still not even clear to play though. Adrian Peterson yeah. going as late as what, maybe the tenth round, uh, for a guy that had a thousand yards last year I know he's getting old but if he has the opportunity he gets a volume Adrian Peterson still has a chance to get in the, the end zone so Peyton Barber Adrian Peterson just off of uh just off of opportunity and then my guy was Adam Humphreys and I, I know you talked a little bit about Jamison Crowder but Quincy Nunwa is kind of the same deal I really really like Sam Darnold this year He's my sleeper quarterback. I know he's going way too late and almost undrafted in a lot of leagues. I'm stashing Sam Darnold. I think he has a chance to break in the top 15 quarterbacks, and uh, and he's going to have to throw it around. Uh, of course, Le'Veon Bell is going to be a big part of that, but also uh, also Quincy Nunwa. I think he has what it takes.
0: All right. Well, Dale, as the Miami fan, let me ask you, is this the year for
1: Devontae Parker? No, absolutely not. Okay. No, you yeah. can't sell me They say it every year. You can't sell me They on say it every year. Any, They're wrong yeah,
0: every year. They are wrong every year. <laughs> I know they do. Oh, Devontae Graham is going to be great this year, and I'm like, nah, no, he, he isn't. He has but, I mean, never you know.
2: finished above the wide receiver 50.
1: <laughs> yeah, I oh, look. Ever. I am. I am a Miami guy. Uh, my, you know, my dad grew up in Miami. He's a Miami guy. I was really, really, really close of disowning the team this year. That's that's really? how bad it is. Yeah, yeah. I was. I I, I hate the idea of tanking, and. I get it. They made a move for Josh Rosen, which is great. Uh, At least that's somewhat looking in the future and kind of building. I don't even think they're even sold on him. I think they just want to sell the fan base. But uh, yeah, Miami might be the worst team in the NFL this year.
0: Yeah, I like Flo a lot. I like Brian Flores a lot. And so, you know, I think he has his own style. He's not going to try to be Belichick. I think he's I think he'll have some success down there. But you're right. I think it comes. At a price, and he, he understands that you know it's, it's not going to be overnight. So, yep. uh, I am going to stick. I am going to stick Patriots with my uh, you know with my with my late round picks, um, uh, because I just figured let's let's do it. Um, so for me, it's between two wide receivers: is Nikhil Harry or it's Josh Gordon? And Josh Gordon hasn't even been reinstated into the NFL yet, but it's going to happen. I mean, if if Tyree Kill doesn't get suspended at all. Then Josh Gordon had better be reinstated into the NFL, and so I think that that's going to happen at some point. Um, and so if you get a guy like Gordon super late, then like what the hell? Why not? Now the problem with me is that I'm drafting against a lot of Patriots fans, and so if you're in the New England area, which most of the listeners here are, because this you're listening to a Patriots show, then unfortunately you're going to be drafting against a lot of Patriots guys too. That are going to be they're going to be thinking about that. But if you're if you're drafting and, you know, he's still available late, you know, 10th, 11th, 12th round, somewhere around there, even, you know, even later than that, if you wanted to wait, I think he's a guy that I would go after, because if he comes out, he's going to he's going to make some noise. And and, you know, and Harry, same thing. I mean, I think Harry is a guy who uses his body very well. And, you know, Brady has already spent the time and put the time in with him. It's clear that they want to turn him into an outside number one wide receiver. Whether that happens this year or not, we don't know. But they clearly are putting the effort in to do that. And I think when they're doing that, it tells you that they're going to target him and they're going to feature him quite a bit in the offense. Um, And so he would be a guy, again, I'm going late because you have no idea what's going to happen. But in a later round pick, I'd go after Nikhil Harry. And a guy running back-wise is Damian Harris. And it's very simple for me with Damian Harris. Sonny Michelle scares me. He scares me. His knee scares me. His durability scares me. He was great last year, and then he missed a lot of you know a lot of the beginning of the training camp because his knee inj- you know he had a knee injury, and so you know those are knee injuries that have lingered since since uh, since college. You know they said it might be bone on bone in there, uh, so that scares me. So to me, I figure if you can get Damian Harris late, and he's not in a position where he's going to be starting for you, if Sony Michelle does go down, this team is 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 willingness uh, has a willingness to run the football. Yeah, they I want guess. to run the football. Yeah. They're committed to it. And I think Harris is a guy that, you know, is the next man up if Michelle goes down.
1: Good deal. I like it.
0: So. So anyways, I I, I mean, it, any any Patriots fans that have stuck all the way through, I appreciate that. I had a little bone there <laughs> about the, about the, uh, about the too, late, too late around guys. So but that does it for the show, man. Thank you guys so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. It's it's been uh, obviously it's the first time with Pat's pulpit, but it's been An annual thing uh the last few years and uh you know i appreciate you guys you know taking the time out and and talking it's always fun it's always fun a fun conversation and always good to talk to you guys
1: yeah it was we'll send you the bill
0: yeah all right (laughs) listen (laughs) before you leave though uh maybe this will maybe this will offset the bill before you leave why don't you just plug you know your show what what you guys are doing and uh you know let people know where they can find you and reach out to you i'll let john be the salesman here
2: yeah, so EatsleepFantasy.com. That's where you're going to find all of our stuff, um, which is great. And having said that, um, find us on Twitter at, at EatsleepFF. You can find me at JL underscore Chapman. Um, I also do a 49ers podcast called the 49ers Rush Pod, which if you want to get some Jimmy G love, if you miss him and his gorgeous mm-hmm. face, uh, head over there. But and yeah, EatsleepFF. And his F- five F-
0: straight interceptions. Amen. Yeah, five
2: straight throws today. He went nine practices through training camp, nine days without throwing an interception, and then he just hit the uh,
1: full-on Fitzpatrick uh, power he was, button. He was trying new things.
2: Yeah, there you yeah go. Hey, he throwing,
1: whatever. He, he was throwing left-handed, I don't know, maybe. Seeing how it feels to be Nathan Peirman. <laughs>
2: yeah, for real. Anyway, we'll see what happens.
1: So, yeah, eatsleepfantasy.com. It's a website. Uh, go to it. Uh, hit the subscribe <laughs> they don't button. get
2: our inside oh, yeah. jokes, Dale. It's hell. a
1: website. <laughs> Every time we say that, I'm like, yeah, I know it's a website. What do you mean? <laughs> Sorry. It's a habit. It's a habit for me. Uh, anyways, go there. You click subscribe. You get all our rankings and all that stuff, a lot of free stuff, and then a couple of things you can pay for to even get better and more information. So uh, hit us up. Let us know if you have any questions. Fantasy-wise, we'll be happy to help you. Tell us uh, you're one of Pat's friends when you email me.
0: Yeah, no, it's great. And I'll tell you what, I mean, for, you know, just honestly, for me, like I had never won a league before. And, uh, you know, I started listening to you guys and I start, you know, following what you guys were doing and drafting with your tears and everything. And, you know, I won three leagues last year and I've I've been, you know, competing for championships pretty much ever since. And I, you know, no, that's not saying that that's going to happen every single time, you know, you do that. But I think you guys do a great job. And I think for me, the more effort you put in, the more you're going to get out. And so if you're if you're playing fantasy football and you're not listening to podcasts or, you know, going through rankings or listening to people talk about what you know, what their ideas are, you're not doing enough if you really care about it. And so, you know, and for me, it's about finding the people that people that you trust. So when Dale says something or John says something or Christian or Armando or, you know, whoever it is that's on the show, when you guys say something, I can trust that you guys know what you're doing. You've done your research. And so, uh, you know, for me it's it's important to have a to have guys you can trust, but also do that do that homework.
1: Sure. We appreciate that, man. Thanks a lot.
0: Thank um, you. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, man.
1: All right, buddy. Talk to you later.
0: All right. See ya.